All right. Well, good morning, everyone. Good morning, Good morning. Good morning. I am so blessed to be here and honored to be able to bring forth the message this morning. And on behalf of Major Phil, who's here, and Major Debbie, who is actually out at a women's camp with about 25 of our women, I want to welcome you and to say good morning. And again, boy, what like listening to a group of angels, these children. Praise God. All right. So I trust that you all had a good Easter last week, Easter Sunday. Yes. yes? Are wonderful, wonderful, yes. And if your family is anything like my family, then you ate way too much oh, yeah. again. And so it's great to be back for another spiritual feast of God's word this morning. You know, like they say, the true breakfast of champions. So welcome back to week three of What on Earth Am I Here For? sermon series. And uh, this is such a wonderful campaign. It's been creating a lot of buzz about Jesus. And it's been raising questions about what is our purpose here on earth. It's given us an opportunity to get to know one another a little bit better. And it's also given us an excuse just to get together and have some fun. So I hope that you are all involved and hooked up with the group for this campaign of What on Earth Am I Here For? So today, you have been given an Ohana game card that looks just like a bingo card. And after the service, we encourage you to stay and to fellowship with one another. And if you're one of those that's kind of shy and you need help striking up a conversation with people, well, we have just provided you with an easy way to approach others with this game. And even more exciting is that later, when Bram does his announcements, he will tell you about the rules and the prizes that you can win. Because we all love prizes, right? And we're all winners. So yes, that's going to be a lot of fun. And so since we're playing games, here's a little trivia to start our day. Did you know that Easter is the holiday that draws the most people to attend church? Easter is the holiday that draws the most people to attend church. Who can tell us what the number two holiday is? Christmas, absolutely, Christmas Eve. And how about number three? Mother's Day. Was that you, Janine? Mother's Day, absolutely, yeah, which is coming up, by the way. Yeah. You all are so smart. So last Sunday, Easter Sunday, we had over 900 people celebrate with us in our two services. And that was so encouraging to me because it means that those who came, they visited us because they know that Easter has a special meaning. It's the resurrection of Jesus Christ. You see, without the resurrection, there is no Christianity. And so maybe they don't quite understand it all, but it sure was an opportunity for us to share the love of Jesus with them. So church, would you continue to pray with me that the incorruptible word of God that Major Phil shared last week, that it would be a seed that would take root and grow in their hearts, that it would grow so much so that those who heard the word last week that they would have a hunger and a thirst to come back for more of Jesus. In fact, let's pray now if you would bow your heads. 
Oh, Father God, what an awesome day this is, Lord. And just as Major said, this is the day that you have made, Father. We rejoice, Father God, we are glad in it. Lord, I thank you so much that your word in Isaiah 55, 11 says that your word will go out and will not return void, that it will go out and accomplish everything that you have set it to accomplish. And Father, I thank you that it says, that your word will prosper in the thing for which it was sent. And so we give you thanks for all of those who came last week and that heard your word. And we declare that it will take root deep into their hearts. And Father, I thank you for those who are here today, Father. And I ask that you would bless them and their families. And Father, I just also pray that you would continue to speak to us today and let us have ears and hearts to hear that when we leave, we will not be the same as when we came. We give you praise, honor, and glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. So last week, Major Phil's um, sermon, What on Earth Am I Here For? His sermon was about your first purpose, and that was worship. Worship. Because when you truly understand how much God loves you, you can't help to love him back, and to want to worship him. Today, we're looking at purpose number two for your life, according to this campaign, and that is fellowship. Fellowship, as you see here in bright red, fellowship. And along with reading the word today, we'll also watch a couple of videos that's so that you can hear and you can see what family and fellowship can look like. Because you were formed for God's family. You were created to belong to God's family. Ephesians 1.5 says this, God's unchanging plan has always been to adopt us into his family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. John 1.12 says, But all who receive Jesus Christ, to those who believed in his name, he has given the privilege of becoming children of God. And Ephesians 2.19 says, You are a member of God's very own family, and you belong in God's household with every other Christian. So these three verses tell us this, that number one, God wants us. Number two, if you accept, believe, and confess, Jesus as your Savior, that you are a child of God. And number three, then you are a member of God's family. You belong. See, we all have a need to belong somewhere. We need to feel like we matter somewhere to someone. How many of you remember that sitcom, Cheers? Right? Yeah. Maybe some of you are too young to remember it. But Cheers was so popular. It was about a group of people who felt a sense of belonging when they came to this place called Cheers. It was a place where everybody knows your name. And the people there became like family to one another. You see, having a sense of family is so important to us all. So let's hear what some of the people who came to church last week had to say when they were asked, what do you love about family? Watch this clip. 
What do I love about family? That they're there for you through the thick and thin, the joy and the laughter. We're never alone, and there's uh, wonderful memories that we get to share and, and uh, good, genuine laughs that we uh, all are part of. I know that I will always have a place to go to. Um, there's always love there um, and strength and support. Everyone has their back, and we all look out for each other. You never feel alone, and you always have somebody who's there for you and to pick you up when you fall. The awesome conversations that we have, and also the fact that uh, we can, that we all just act goofy. I love my beautiful wife and my wonderful children. And I love him, my husband, and also doing fun things together is what I love about being part of a family. I can spend time with them every day, and they love me, and I love them. Um, the best thing about having a family is to. Uh, um, to talk to someone after every day, to share your day with them, to have a daily conversation with them, and it's something very enjoyable to have. I'll never be lonely, and I'll, and I'll always have somebody to love. Upon joining the Croc, I've never really had family before, and Croc Center showed me what family is like, the warmth that it brings, the blessings, people around me. It's an amazing feeling. All right, yes, let's give a hand for those of them who were brave enough to get in front of the camera and tell us what they love about family. Thank you so much. So here's a picture of my family and my husband Jerry's family. Yeah. Our family is obviously very big and we enjoy many of the things that they say, they said in the video that you just saw. You never feel alone, although with a family this big, sometimes you long for time alone. Yeah. There's always tons of wonderful memories being made, always a lot of love and support. People are there to pick you up when you fall, and you always have a place to go where somebody knows your name. But you know, the reality of this world is that not everyone can say the same. The last guy in the video, his name is Trent, and he is the perfect example. I can so appreciate Trent's transparency, and of course, I asked him for permission to share a little bit of his story today. Listen again to what Trent said. He said, Upon joining the Croc, I never really had family before. Croc Center showed me what family is like, the warmth that it brings, the blessings, people around me. It's an amazing feeling. Church, this is what a spiritual family can do for others. When our earthly family, for whatever reason, falls short, we as a spiritual family have a wonderful opportunity to share the love of Jesus with others and it can transform a life. You see, Trent actually came to us as a master's degree level intern student from Hawaii Pacific University. I am his practical, his practicum field advisor for the Croc Center. When Trent first came to Croc, it was not an easy start. He works full time, he goes to school full time, 
He has financial and other responsibilities at home, just like he said in the video. He didn't have a lot of the family support that he needed to be successful at this level of schooling. In fact, throughout his first two semesters, we had several meetings and readjustments of plans to meet the requirements of his studies and his duties here at the Croc Center. To be honest, even I wasn't sure that Trent was going to make it through his second semester. But as the weeks went on, during his work with the youth group, Trent would always come back to my office and tell me how much he enjoyed the fellowship with our youth leader, Greg, and the teenagers, and that the more he participated with them in Bible studies, in outreaches, and just fun activities like going bowling, that he became more interested in checking out this church because there was something about the people here. And with his continued fellowship with the people here at Croc, Trent soon came to know that what he thought was something about the people here is actually something about the love of Jesus here. I am so proud of Trent today and happy to say that he will complete his practicum here in a couple of weeks. And more importantly, Trent, while being here at the Croc Center, has had a powerful encounter with Jesus. John 13, 34 to 35 says this, I am giving you a new commandment. Love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Church, the number one reason God wants us to love each other is so that the world will see our love and will want to become a part of God's family too. God wants us to love each other because people's eternal destinies are at stake. And I will say that again. People's eternal destinies are at stake. Mark 2, 1 through 5 tells us a story about how Jesus forgave and healed a paralyzed man. Mark 2, 1 through 5 says this. A few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. They gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left, not even outside the door, and he preached the word to them. Some men came, bringing to him a paralyzed man, carried by four of them. Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it, and then they lowered the mat the man was lying on. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, Son, your sins are forgiven. How awesome is that, church? How many of us could use at least four friends like that? Friends who will carry us when we can no longer go the distance. Friends who will lift us up when we are flat on our back. Friends who will cut a hole in the ceiling for us. Friends who will make a way when there seems to be no way. And a friend who will do all that just to bring us closer to Jesus. The Bible says this, And when Jesus saw their faith, 
he forgave and healed the paralyzed man. Church, the faith of these friends changed this man's situation. And just as they did for this paralyzed man, our faith can change the lives of those around us and bring them closer to Jesus, just like Greg did for Trent. But if we don't step out in faith to help people, they may never meet Jesus, they may never be healed, they may never find the forgiveness that they need so badly to set them free. That's why fellowship is so important. It gives us the opportunity to literally save lives. John 15, 13 says this, Greater love has no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. John 15, 13, Greater love has no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friend. And no one does it with more heart and sacrifice than those who have served alongside one another on the battlefield. Amen. Amen. He ain't heavy. He's my brother. There are people battling, fighting the battle of their lives, church. And life can be tough. Life can be tough. And for each and every one of us, I know, that we have once been in a place where we needed people to come alongside us to help us fight that battle. Because life is tough, and life can be a battle. But when we band together and we make Jesus the center of it all, no matter the circumstance, we already win because of what he did at the cross. And so church, maybe today you're that person who needs a friend to carry you or maybe today you're that person who can be a friend to carry somebody through a situation I can tell you that this month has been a challenging one for me and I am so thankful that Jerry and I belong to a what on earth am I here for Wednesday evening group with three other couples who run hard at the race that God has set before them and they have been so impactful in our lives in this season. And on Sundays, I belong to a women's Bible group of about a dozen of us. And we meet and we share the word and we share life. And we keep each other accountable to the word of God. The fellowship with these people who love God and love others has been so uplifting and encouraging to me. And I'm so grateful. In fact, just this morning, we were talking about there are several of us who are caring for our elderly parents. And what on earth am I here for? The purpose-driven life talks about our attitude towards the way we live our life, our purpose, and that is our worship back unto God. And so church, I just want to encourage you to get involved with the small group, to get involved with the Bible study, because you will need it. And it will be for you, and it will be for others. I'm just so thankful to be here to be able to share with you this morning. And today is a short message because it's about fellowship and us allowing ourselves to be used by God for the sake of others. And I just at this time want to call the praise and worship team back up here as I close out. And I just want to offer to all of you 
who maybe this is a season, as I mentioned earlier, that you're needing some help, you're needing a friend to come alongside you. And that's who we want to be to you, a friend who can lift you up in prayer, a friend who can come alongside you. And we're not perfect at it. Sometimes we miss the mark. But again, we want to band together. We want to come together with you and whatever the situation is, to be a friend in this time of fellowship. And so as we pray, the altar is open for any of you who want somebody to pray with you. And I will just pray over the rest of us as we bow our heads. So if there's something that I would be so honored to pray for you about, as we bow our heads and close our eyes, would you just lift your hands if there's something for yourself or something for a friend? And I see all those hands already. Praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. All right. Let's pray. Father God, Lord, I thank you so much, Father, that you want us, Father, that you want us to be part of your family, Father God, your family who lives on through eternity. And I thank you, Heavenly Father, that you have brought us together for such a time as this to live in fellowship. Father God, you see the hands, Heavenly Father, that were raised. And Father, you know all the details, even when we don't, Father. So Father, I just lift up every need, Father God. I thank you, Father, that even for those who feel distant from you, that you know their name, Father God, that you call them by name, Father God, and that you love them unconditionally. And so help us, Father. Help us to be a friend to one another. Help us, Heavenly Father, that when one is struggling, that we would reach out and pull them closer to Jesus. And Father, we just thank you because with you, all things are possible. Father, we love you. We honor you. We give you all praise, honor, and glory. In Jesus' name, amen.